Welcome to Peabody's podcast, where we are all about pursuing the art of noticing, noticing more of the beauty, wonder, and awe in our daily lives, where we uncover and discover the stories of the storytellers who are the very witnesses to wonder. Here at Peabody's, we are all about exploring issues of faith, art, and this one amazing and wonder-filled life. Thank you for joining us. Perhaps you just sort of stumbled on us. Perhaps you were curious and decided to give us a listen. Maybe you know us through social media or from the the kind words of a friend. Perhaps you are a subscriber of Peabody's podcast and a regular listener. Whatever brings you here, thank you for your presence. I am wondering about my love of vessels and remembering the significance of the role of being a holder. We hold stories fragile stories of our very lives and the lives of others. How do we steward what we know, what we have lived? How do we steward well? I'm practicing listening to the stories that bubble up inside, the ones that percolate a little bit before they are released. I'm practicing listening to the words that others choose to allow me the privilege of holding. I'm reminded that being a writer is a privilege and that being a listener is an honor not to be taken lightly. At Peabody's, we believe in finding and sharing the stories of artists because we believe that artists and creatives, in seeing the world in their own artful way, can teach us how to pull back the veil to find the beauty, awe, and wonder, to unwrap the beauty that already exists, that's just waiting to be found, just waiting to be noticed, just waiting to meet us in the middle of our ordinary daily lives. Today is November the 14th, and this is episode 9, and I'm your host, Elizabeth W. Marshall. Thank you for finding time in the middle of your everything to carve out time for us. We are honored you joined us. We are glad you are here. Well, last week I pressed pause and took a little trip home to Raleigh to celebrate a milestone in my family's life. Many generations and branches of our family tree were gathered together to honor my father. Joy and love were the banners over this gathering, and it was well to press pause here on the podcast so that I could focus and be present in the days surrounding the event, so that I could remain focused on my own noticing being actively present and fully in the midst of the meals and conversations was my longing. After the celebration had ended and family members had dispersed in what felt like a hundred directions, I hopped in my car and drove five hours up into the spectacular North Carolina mountains for a few days with friends. Fall was robed in amber and blaze and crimson. The beauty was nearly blinding and yet I could not not look into the beauty into the glorious masterpiece of fall in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Our host had invited a group of friends to gather for a few days in her mountain cabin that is situated on the banks of a roaring creek, a creek whose sounds are so loud it can make conversation a challenge out on the porch, which hangs over the rushing water. How wonderful it was to spend a few days in a cabin with no Wi-Fi. How restorative this time away was. In many ways, I was not ready to come down the mountain to return home, and yet in many ways I was homesick, both and.
Today I have invited Jody Lee Collins to join me to chat about what she is digging into creatively. Jody and I have known each other through various online writing communities for several years, and this year at the Festival of Faith and Writing, we finally had a chance to meet in person. I asked Jody to talk a little bit about her book, Living the Season Well, and how she came to feel passionate about the book's message and how she found her way into self-publishing. It was a gray day here on the coast of South Carolina as I spoke with Jody at her home in Seattle. At some point during our conversation, we lost our signal. Perhaps the heaviness of the gray day cast a shadow over our connection. We regained our signal and tried to pick up where we left off. Thank you for overlooking that fact and focusing instead on the good words Jody brings to the world in her book about preparing and living the Christmas season well, from Advent to Epiphany. Her message resonates with me as it involves slowing and savoring and pausing. Pull up a chair, grab a cup of tea, and listen in. After I share Jody's brief bio with you, Jody Collins is a writer, speaker, and retreat facilitator whose print and online work is featured or forthcoming in St. Catherine Review, Iola Magazine, Encourage, The High Calling, She Loves Magazine, and Alter Work. She and her husband call the Seattle area home where she enjoys gardening, reading, writing, and spending time with her grandchildren. Jody's been penning words since Smith Corona typewriters graced the desks of her middle school. But nowadays you can find her at jodyleecollins.com. All right. Jody, welcome to Peabody's podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Elizabeth. It's wonderful. Oh, it's such a pleasure to have you. I'm thrilled to have you on. And um, I will say I've, I've had a good time earlier today digging into um, your book, Living the Season Well. And I am just amazed at the work you've done there. So um, We'll get back to that in a minute, but I wanted you to know what a huge gift that book is and how thrilled I am to have it on my Kindle, and I look forward to actually getting another copy of it that I can hold in my hands, but it was a huge gift um, in my day today, so um, I'll let you tell the readers more, listeners more about that in a minute, but let's start out with this. Um, I love to ask um, my guests that come on the podcast about their most exciting creative project. And um, I, I like to say, what is that one project that you're working on now that gets you out of bed in the morning? Um, Just so excited to dig in. Can you share something about what's going on in your life creatively? Well, well, sure. I actually had to laugh a little bit when I thought about this question earlier, because I'm in the middle of a project for someone else right now, which is a great deal of work. So I'm wondering if having the idea of doing a creative project, does that, does that count? Um, (laughs) What I'm I'm thinking about is I had a chance this summer to attend the Glenn workshop in Santa Fe. And I spent a week in a seminar with poet and priest and author Malcolm Guite, whose work has just, Ah. has really, really enriched my life. So my creative project is getting to culling through all the notes that I took. I am, I'm an okay writer, but I'm a much better 
gleaner and editor and all of that. So I have just been dying to get my hands on going through what I wrote about what he said, rereading the poetry, revisiting that day. And one of the gals in our class, a 35 page document that she had typed out of her notes. And I know that seems silly, but for me, it's kind of a way of putting some concrete around what I want to remember. So I don't know if that counts as creative, but for me, it, oh. is, at, it is at the moment, so. <laughs> oh no, that resonates with me. And I, I will tell you that I have this tiny bit of um, an envious streak running through me now, just knowing you attended the Glenn workshop. I've, I've, I dream about that one day. So I, anything that you can share about that experience, I'm all ears. <laughs> Oh my, well, it was indeed a dream come true. And M Malcolm's presence there was the uh, definitely the draw for me. So I will be basking in that for a long time. Well, what a wonderful project. And to get to be able to sit with the notes of another attendee and to recall and recollect. Um, I know you'll have something wonderful in store um, as you sit with that and revisit and um, yes. dream forward about you what you might do with those notes <laughs> thank you yes indeed well tell me a little bit about um, I, I know you wear multiple hats so um, outside of your bio how would you describe your your passions um, with the written word I know you have multiple passions some of them um, I'm more familiar with another so can you speak a little bit to um, your passion about the written word goodness <laughs> I am a random abstract learner and I learn very globally and the only reason I can say that with any authority is that I spent 25 years in education so I spent a long time learning learning styles and it was very helpful for me to know that um, I'm actually kind of scattered and it's okay to like a lot of things which which works out well but I wanted to work this year mostly on investing in um, poetry which is one of the reasons I went to the Glen workshop and also to the festival of faith and writing where I met you yes so I've, I've been investing in reading more poetry practicing more poetry I actually have tackled trying to write in verse trying being the operative word there because it's it seems like it's it can be a constraining form but it's actually very freeing when you know that you've got 14 lines to say what you need to say, but you only want each line to have 10 beats. So how can you have just the right word that conveys what you want? So that's been a fun challenge for me. I also, of course, write online on my blog, which I'm doing as intentionally as possible one, once a week, working on being a place of resources for other writers as well as encouragement and information. So those are the two places that um, I'm investing in. Yeah, this year and going forward, we'll probably do more of that. And um, you also wear the editing hat, don't you? Are you an editor um, I for folks as well? Yes, I've been doing some editing freelance for the last couple of years, which comes easily to me. But at this stage of my life, as I said, I'm currently working on a large project for someone and I've decided that after that I'm going to switch gears probably and if I can maybe consult a little bit more for people who want to work on self-publishing. I've 
This is a third project I've done as well as my own book in self-publishing. Or I might just step out of that arena altogether and, as I said, give myself more time to work on my own writing projects. <laughs> so. Well, I love hearing about about the, the different prongs because I'm. Um, you really spoke to me when you when you use that term scattered. I feel um, that way too. I have multiple projects going on, and it, I think it makes life interesting. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's dig in just a little bit about self publishing. Let's dig into um, how did you receive or come to be passionate about the core message um, in your book, Living the Season Well? It's such an important message, and um, I just would love to hear you sort of drop the breadcrumbs of how that process worked for you, from the passion to, to bring the message um, to publication, and then how you navigated your way into self-publishing. Yes. Well, I started writing online in 2012 and I met lots and lots of people uh, that way. So coming to writing my book was really part of introducing myself to that community of online writers, as well as the way it um, navigated through the Christmas season a couple of years ago. So I am from an evangelical faith tradition. I have been a Christian for a number of years and that has been my background specifically in the Foursquare Church. So when I came to writing online, I kept meeting all these Lutherans and Episcopalians and Presbyterians and Catholics and these wonderful, wonderful people with these rich traditions. And I kept hearing words like Lent and Advent and began to embrace some of the things I was reading online and saw what they could add to my own faith practices. So I had this sensibility growing over the years Join me as we pick back up where we left off after we lost our signal briefly between Jody's home in Seattle and my home in South Carolina. One of the things I discovered when I met people online, which has been such a welcoming way to engage in writing, was because of the different traditions of people that they added a lot to my own practices as an evangelical Christian. And mm. I, welcomed, I welcomed what I was learning about the season of Christmas, which technically starts four weeks before in the season of Advent and can go past Christmas all the way to Epiphany. So Christmas is really a season. It's not just a single day. The overwhelm also in my life was having a holiday a couple of years ago with my son and his children. There were um, there are five of them. I have five grandchildren. And the day after Christmas, everybody was pretty much wiped out. And I looked around at my grandkids and they had these looks on their eyes like, okay, what's next? Mm. And I really didn't have an answer for them, but I knew in my heart that, wow, you know, we need to do better than this. So armed with introducing my evangelical peers to maybe some of the traditions of the church here and, excuse me, weaving those into the practices of the people that I knew, my kids, my nieces, my nephews, children and families in our church, I started to write Living the Season Well. In fact, I came home from our Christmas visit down to Portland 
and it was like midnight and I was writing 15 pages of handwritten notes that ended mm. up being, that ended up becoming that book. So that's how it all started. Well, it's a beautiful book with an important message and I want to gift it to some people in my life. So I will put in the show notes um, the link to the book on Amazon. And um, I love the way you give practical um practical tips i just i love the format of the book it's beautifully formatted it's just such a rich little resource and i know um it'll bless people so I, i'm grateful that it exists i'm grateful you poured your heart into it that you felt compelled to self-publish and can you speak a little bit to that process how is that process for you well thank you initially when i was writing online a lot of the people that i encountered started out um, as bloggers and many of them would go on to write books and I swore up and down number one I would never write a book because it was so much work and I saw what they had to go through from signing a contract to edits to promoting the book it's a very very long process and there was not a well it took a long time to see a book come to fruition and then there was all the work on the other side, which is why I said I would never do it. Well, God obviously had other plans, but I knew that if it was going to happen, it probably wasn't something that I could see turn around very quickly. And I knew many people that had self-published books and had done it well. So I encountered a friend that had been through the process with a traditional publisher and um, on her own. She said, well, you've got to write a book proposal. So I went through the whole entire process of writing a book proposal, contacting someone to do my cover. My son-in-law actually was a graphic, is a graphic designer and he did my cover for me because I was determined that even though it was self-published, that it looked professional and I've shown it to many people and I'm not bragging about what I did because I didn't make it look beautiful, but people are surprised just the way the book looks that it um, is self-published. And I'm not trying to brag because it takes a whole village to make something like that happen. Trust me. It was a very arduous process. And I will say it's not for the faint of heart. I did choose to go with uh, Ingram Spark, which is to the trade so that it is available in bookstores. People have also done publishing, a very nice job of publishing through, of course, the Amazon platform, KDP. So that's definitely an arena to think about um, that people can do. So I learned a lot in the process. (laughs) It's a timeless message. I I feel it has longevity. I believe it'll be around for years to come because the heart of the message, the way you approach the subject, um, I just feel like it has staying power and it's important. it's been out remind me jody has it been out for over 13 months has it been a little over a year yes Um, i released i released it last year and did actually some revisions there is a a newer version it's different only probably in formatting i changed out the appendix some of the uh, references i had in it i changed so there is a uh, revised version available on amazon as well that i just finished a couple of weeks ago so i both of them are still there. And yes, I agree. It is a timeless message. It's been well received because everybody wants to slow down Christmas, but not every, but you don't, a lot of people don't know how. So I hope it helps. 
I, I believe that it will. It has it's, it has practical application to our lives, and um, whether you're a young couple with children, or whether you have no children, or whether you only have grandchildren, I love the way you speak to all of us. So, again, I will put the link, the Amazon link, in my show notes, and I want people to know about it and to order it and to gift it at Christmas time or maybe as an Advent gift. Um, but thank you again for writing that. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. And as I said, I sat with it today in this rainy day here in South Carolina. And um, I love your writing style and, style and I love your message. Um, oh, thank you. Oh, well, thank you for the gift of the book. Um, I have one final question and it is this. I, you have been... Um, I would say you've been a little bit of a cheerleader for me with my message um, and my message um, is becoming more and more focused on pursuing the art of noticing and slowing down and noticing the beauty in, in everyday um, in our everyday lives so can you just sort of speak a little bit to how you personally are becoming a noticer and how you go about um, how you've gone about maybe slowing and noticing um, and developing sure. this as a part of a, maybe a pattern and a rhythm of your life. Um, sure, yeah. I, I think the seed of it was when I connected with someone about six years ago. She's an author and she's the founder of Tweet Speak Poetry. Her name is Laura Barkat. And I read a book that she wrote called God in the Yard, Spiritual Practice for the Rest of Us. And I was very intrigued by the title, of course, the idea of spiritual practice, again, because of my faith tradition, was a completely new thing, and it kind of scared me a little bit. And the theme of the book is a 12-week um, study where you take an hour every day and go sit outside and listen. Mm. I was working at the time, and I couldn't do it, so my 12 weeks turned into eight months. And I was lucky if I got to sit outside. I was working as a teacher, um, maybe a couple of days a week. But it forced me to turn my ideas about quiet time or being with God to more of how can I let us listen? How can I notice? How is God speaking? And I am very, very fortunate to live. We are in the Seattle area. I have a green belt behind my house. We have mm. bird feeders and trees, and it's a beautiful, beautiful place to be. So there's a lot to look at in nature that is conducive to maybe being a little bit more reflective. That pattern, um, the practice in that book that Laura talks about is called taking a Sabbath on the page, just writing down she always had prompts in the book that would initiate some questions. But since that time, I have just cultivated the practice of noticing the way light falls in my kitchen on a glass of olive oil. I wrote a poem about mm -hmm. that. The way stopping in the street to look at the color in the leaves, watching, I, even if it's five minutes to stand still, which is, you have to be so intentional about doing that. Standing still in my yard and watching the leaves fall, just watching a single leaf fall. I know it's counter, countercultural, counterintuitive, whatever, to the way we barrel through our lives these days, but I just have to be a lot more intentional about stopping and noticing. And I'm really glad because 
little by little by little, I find myself doing that more often. And God has a chance to speak. When you stop and make space for things, God can speak to you. So, mm. so, so beautifully said, so, so eloquent. And I want people to know about your poetry too, because I know you, perhaps I, when I first met you, um, I would have um, given you Put that hat square on your head the poet hat so i will send people to your website um where your poetry lives and maybe you could speak to that briefly too your website and where you we can find you on social media on instagram oh sure my website is very simple it's jody j-o-d-y lee collins.com i always have to say jody with a y and my mm-hmm. website is new as of september it looks lovely web gal so jodyleecollins.com i'm on in goodness at jodio 52 i think well i will drop that in the show notes too so thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i'm on facebook and twitter as well jodio 70 wonderful wonderful well i want people to know about your poetry because um i'm very familiar with your poetry and your writing and you're a gifted writer and it's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast i'm so grateful to call you friend and i'm i'm thrilled that i was able to meet you at the festival of faith and writing um it's an interesting um phenomenon when we know people through the internet as writers and we never perhaps have a chance to meet but we had a chance to meet briefly um back in the winter and i hope to see you again soon at another conference retreat that's right coming up i will i will look forward to that hopefully not curtailed by any snow so yes 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 i'm grateful well i am so grateful that you came on today and thank you for um speaking with me about your projects and your creativity and um all the ways that you're living a creative life and all the ways that you're going about noticing the beauty of your daily life so um I thank you again, and I hope to see you around the internet and in real life very soon. Amen. Amen. I appreciate it. Thank you, Elizabeth. You asked great questions. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you, Jody. Bye bye. And finally, I'm beginning to feel those familiar signs of transition occurring in my life. Place markers, indicators, sensory stimuli which wake me up and remind me that we are approaching the days of remarkable hope and gratitude. And something remarkably hopeful and worthy of gratitude is headed our way. I sense the morphing of regular life into a celebratory way of living as we walk toward the days of preparation. Preparations for Thanksgiving time and Christmas time are ramping up. Everywhere I turn, there is evidence of all that waits around the corner of a fuller calendar and the turn of the heart towards the celebrations. My life feels perched on the verge of fullness. And in the fullness, I make notes to myself to build margins in my days, to be intentional about anchoring myself in the now. I want to allow my senses to feel all the glory and all the significance of these seasons of thankfulness and focus on the birth of a Savior. And I know that your life is full too. If you find a moment or have a moment and want to give us a small gift, will you give us the gift of a review on iTunes? Reviews help other listeners find us. It's that simple. 
and that important. We'd like to fling open the door and invite more folks to join us here. Thank you for leaving a review. We know it's no small thing and it's a gift of your time. Please feel free to leave us a voice message or email us at pbittiespodcast at gmail.com. We welcome your feedback or your ideas about upcoming shows or potential guests. Until next Wednesday, I'm your host, Elizabeth W. Marshall. You've been listening to Peabody's Pursue the Art of Noticing, and we are glad you joined us.